As you've probably noticed through the years, I never title my sermons, right? It takes too much time and too much creativity. But if I were to give a title to the sermon this morning, it would be Irma, Isis, and Equifax. I'm not saying it's a good title, but it's a title. Irma, with an expected cost of $50 billion in Florida alone, and 69 deaths, it reminds us that our lives and our properties are vulnerable before nature. When will another storm come? What will it do? We don't know. ISIS, an explosive device, went off Friday morning, 8.20 in London, during rush hour in one of the underground trains, injuring 22 people. Uh, a source for BBC said that had the bomb worked correctly, it would have killed everyone around it and maimed everyone in the train carriage for life. When will they terrorize next? Where will they terrorize next? We don't know. Equifax. Last week, the credit rating company disclosed that it was hacked, leaving 143 million U.S. consumers' personal information exposed. Maybe yours and mine. I don't know. I haven't checked yet. Experts urge consumers to regularly check their credit reports, monitor every bank statement, put fraud alerts on credit cards, and file tax returns as early as possible to try to prevent fraudulent filings. What data thief might steal all of your information? We don't know. Irma? ISIS? Equifax? Just these realities in our world this week are bad news. And they have the ability to fill us with fear and make us be really insecure people because the truth is we don't know. Ready for some, Have I ruined your day? <laughs> Here's some good news. And the good news is this, that God, with his truth, always combats that which he does not want for his people, his children, you and me. And God does not want that we should be fearful people. God does not want that we should be insecure people. Instead, God wants us to possess the knowledge of the certain security and strength that come from faith in him. And in that security and with that strength, you and I move out to build his kingdom in this Irma, Isis, Equifax world. And we're to go without fear. Through Christ, we must be strong, secure people. And I hope we'll be convinced of that this morning as we return once again to Deuteronomy chapter 33. So if you have our Bibles with you, if you'll turn to Deuteronomy 33, there should be a Bible in the pew in front of you if you didn't bring one. When you found your place, I'm going to ask you to stand, and we'll hear read together the word of the living God. Deuteronomy chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, this is the word of the Lord. This is the blessing that Moses, the man of God, pronounced on the Israelites before his death. And now verses 24 and 25. 
About Asher, he said, Most blessed of sons is Asher. Let him be favored by his brothers. Let him bathe his feet in oil. The bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze, and your strength will be equal, will equal your days. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Always, always we give you thanks. Never should we not be amazed, Lord, that you are a God who speaks. You've spoken in time and space. You've preserved your word for us through these thousands of years. So, Lord, we honor it today. And we look to it for truth. Truth that we can know about you, about ourselves. We look to it, Lord, for truth about how it is we should live our lives and the kind of people we should be while we live them. So, Father, we pray that you would reveal that clearly to us through your truth and by the power of your Spirit. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. This morning, we're returning to these blessings of Moses, blessings he bestowed upon his people. They are so close, (laughs) closer than we are. So close to crossing over the Jordan River and taking possession of the promised land. In many ways, God has saved the best to last, this blessing that he gives to Asher. Over the past couple of weeks, we've seen what a a rich and beautiful blessing it is. We've seen that God is going to bless Asher with the favor of, of all the other tribes. And because of that favor, and because of these healthy relationships that are going to be established... The people of Asher's tribe are going to have bountiful opportunities to point others to the goodness of the Lord. All those who are eager to gather around them. And we've been encouraged as well knowing that God places those kind of people in our lives. People of peace that enjoy being around us. People to whom we can speak and live out the gospel. We've seen that Asher will bathe his feet in oil. The Lord's going to bless Asher with material abundance. And so the tribe is going to have the responsibility of stewarding those resources so that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covers the earth as waters cover the sea. That's why God gives his people resources. So that the knowledge of his glory will fill the earth. We saw as well that oil symbolizes the spirit of God. And so with an abundance of the Spirit of God, the people of God are enabled to do great things for God, not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. But here's the question. How bold are we, Spirit-empowered people of God? How bold are we willing to be for the Lord? I think verse 25 is going to help us answer that question this morning. So if you'll look again in verse 25, it says, The bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze. That's the NIV translation. The New American Standard Version translates it similarly. Your bars shall be iron and bronze. The New American Standard translates your locks shall be iron and bronze. So bolts, bars, locks, they're all similar in meaning. But then we need to consider the translation of the King James Version and the New King James Version. They read like this, respectively. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass. 
or your sandals shall be iron and brass. Very different translation, but the same Hebrew word is used in other places in Scripture for shoes. So we have these two competing ideas. We've got shoes and sandals or bolts and bars and locks. Older commentators like John Calvin and Albert Barnes and J.P. Lang, they favor shoes. That's the translation they like, as do famous preachers like Charles Spurgeon and Alexander McLaren. Modern translations, as you can see, and commentators that I've become friends with over these four years, not personally, but through their books, J.G. McConville and Peter Craigie, they favor bolts and bars and locks. So we have scholars on both sides. How do we decide? How do we decide which meaning is correct? Well, here's the good news. We don't have to. We don't have to decide. We get the blessing of both possibilities because of the analogy of faith. Do you remember talking about that? More than one occasion, the analogy of faith. It's the principle that Scripture interprets Scripture. And so when we use the analogy of faith, we realize that either translation can be true because both translations are supported by copious other Scriptures. And with either translation, the truth is essentially the same. And here's the truth. God's people are blessed with the promise of security and strength. God's people are blessed with the promise of security and strength. And clearly we need both of those, don't we? In our Irma, Isis, and Equifax world. So let's begin looking at both of these translations. Does that sound good? Woo, right? Let's start with bolts, bars, and locks of iron. Clearly, the, the, the imagery is easy to grasp. Irons and locks and bolts, all those things, they clearly uh, picture strong fortifications, right? And when you put bolts and bars and locks of iron on gates that are set in walls of stone around a city, then you have what is a, a pretty impregnable defense. And so you can lie down and you can sleep soundly knowing you're safe and secure from thieves or from enemy attack. Now, that's the blessing that God has for Asher. As we've already seen, God has promised Asher uh, a material abundance, and you know how the world works. Those people who are blessed or who uh, accumulate a lot of things for themselves, there's always somebody nearby who wants to take it away, right? (laughs) Even if it's the government. We're not going to go there. So for the tribe of Asher, it might have been thieves breaking in, more more likely other nations who would attempt to to invade them and take what they have. And so part of your life, and not a small part, becomes protecting and securing all that you have. Think about the time you spent securing your things for Irma, right? Purchasing supplies, boarding windows, moving outside items inside or tying them down so they didn't become projectiles. The desire to protect what we have has led many people to to purchase home security systems. One source says that the home security alarm industry adds 1.5 million new security monitoring systems each 
year. It's a lot of people who want to feel safe and secure. And so this blessing from the Lord is that the tribe will have those, that, that, that experience. They'll feel safe and secure against enemy invaders behind gates of iron with bolts and bars and locks. God will make it so. But of course, you know, the bigger blessing here is not the physical, it's the spiritual, the security that comes from being in the Lord. And so to fulfill the promise of using the analogy of faith, I want you to listen to other passages of Scripture about the security we have in the Lord. And understand, this is what the Lord has for us to know to be true. The classic is Psalm 91 in its entirety. If you haven't read it, read all, read all of Psalm 91 today. I'm going to read a couple of verses. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord... He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find a refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Beautiful, right? Covered by the wings of the Lord. Psalm 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Isaiah 25. You are a tower of refuge to the poor, O Lord. A tower of refuge to the needy in distress. You are a refuge from the storm and a shelter from the heat. Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. One more, Psalm 4, 8. I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. There are so many other passages that I could read. But these are enough, I hope, I pray. To remind us of the truth that with God and in God, we are safe. We are secure. And this should give us perspective in our lives. When there is an enemy at the gate, your gate, whether it's physical or spiritual or an emotional enemy, when thieves threaten to break in, whether it's a physical spiritual or emotional thief, God's people, you and I, we have a place to go. And when you hear and when you believe the lies that you are not safe, that you are alone in this world, that you are exposed, when you believe the lie that you must work to secure yourself and your position and your identity, reject the lies. Reject the lies and run to the Lord. Scripture tells us the name of the Lord is our strong tower. The name, Yahweh, I am. And everything represented by that name, everything that makes God who he is, that is your refuge. 
God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God is everywhere present. We are safe in that name, the name of the Lord. He is faithful, merciful, gracious, compassionate, loving, a God of perfect justice who judges and who will not leave the guilty unpunished. This God is our tower, our refuge, our strength. We are safe in that name, the strong name of the Lord. And so what you and I need to do is to become adept at running to him, running to the name. Your feet have to take you there. That's the imagery of Proverbs 18. There we are. There you are. I am. We're we're alone in a field. We're exposed. And we look and we see the enemy coming. We also look and we see the tower, the tower of refuge, the Lord. And so we see that tower. We don't saunter. We don't slide. Right. We run to the Lord saying, you are my only hope. Lord, you are my only help. The Lord wants us to know where to find that security in our Irma Isis Equifax world. Because we have an enemy that seeks to devour us. Over and over we read 1 Peter chapter 5. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Devour, consume, swallow up completely. That's what it means. And we know how consuming insecurities and fears can be in our lives. Doubt and fear eat away at us. Our time gets eaten up. Living to assuage our insecurities by what we do and who we attempt to become. We must find our security in the Lord. And God offers us strength in this security. Iron and bronze are strong. And so when I think of this passage in Deuteronomy, I I hear the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 16. He says, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know, just as Gates represent strength in Deuteronomy 33. So too in the words of Jesus. The gates of hell, the power of hell, shall not win against the church of Jesus Christ. Is that it? The gates of hell, the power of hell, shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. That's much better. It means you believe it. We can rest secure in the knowledge that wherever the strength and power of anything else in the world, whatever it is, the power of Jesus is greater still. That's security. Stronger than bolts and bars and locks of iron and bronze. I think of the words of Jesus in John 10. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Is that good news? That's security. Stronger than bolts and bars and locks of iron and bronze. I think of the Apostle Paul writing in 
Romans chapter 8. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is that good news? That's security. Stronger than bolts and bars and locks of bronze and iron. So whichever word is the inspired word here in Deuteronomy 33, the analogy of faith assures us that when we are in the Lord, you and I are in a secure place and a position of strength. And so we need to use that truth. I know I need to use that truth to free up a lot of mental and emotional and spiritual time and energy. We need to repurpose all that energy and all that time that we expend looking for security somewhere else, attempting to secure ourselves or our place or our position. And we need to use that time and energy to run to the Lord. Use that time digging into the word of the Lord. Read over and over about your position in Christ, how secure it is, stronger than bolts and bars and locks of iron, and then live out of that secure place. You'll live differently if you do. I promise. If you are continually reminding yourself of your position in Christ, you're going to treat other people differently. Because you know you're secure in the hand of the Father. You're going to make different decisions than you make when you know that you are secure in the hand of the Father. So so go to that secure place, stay in that secure place, and live out the strength that that place of security gives to us. Now, let's transition. We have time, right? Yes. To consider the second possible translation of this word. The analogy of faith applied here is going to round us out so that we're not flat Christians, but that we are full and round believers in Christ. When we take this to mean bars of iron, we we could turn inward, right? Oh, goody, I'm safe. And my family and all that belongs to me, safe, secure, hunkered down like we were during the storm. How many of you were hunkered down during the storm? Raise your hand. Felt good, right? We, we were at, at my house, family and friends. We ate. We worked a jigsaw puzzle and we ate and we talked and we ate and we read and we ate. Did I mention that we ate? It was great. It's really easy to want to stay in that place, right? It feels, oh, it feels so good. So we need to consider the alternate translation here. Your shoes shall be iron and bronze. Now we have an opportunity to explore another biblical truth and be challenged and changed in a different way. Shoes suggest movement. You're going somewhere, right? When you're at home, you're barefoot. But when you're going out, unless you're from West Virginia... You put on your shoes, right? You put them on your feet and you go. And so for Asher, 
On a physical level, there is movement. As he goes upon the rugged seacoast terrain that's part of his inheritance, with its sharp and jagged rocks, a terrain that could uh, shred leather sandals, Asher will have protection for his feet. And so Asher can be bold. He doesn't have to step gingerly like he's got on velvet slippers. No, he's got shoes of iron so he can move out boldly and confidently. His shoes won't fail him. Instead, when iron shoes strike a rock, sparks will fly, right? And that's the imagery of this poetic blessing. And so this blessing is for those of us, even in this room, who venture outside the gates, who come out from behind the safety of locked doors, who are on the move for the Lord, for people who are not afraid of the condition of the road before them or where that road might lead them. But let's not mix up the images here. I don't mean to suggest that we ever leave the Lord or come out from under the protection of his wing. Never are we to do that. Always we are to abide in him. This is a different image of shoes. A different blessing for those people who are on the move for the Lord. For people who understand that we don't run to the Lord to get away from the world. For people who understand that we are not to be escapists. And isolationists. For people who understand that we are summoned by God himself and sent by him to be in the world. Here's the blessing of knowing that God has equipped us for our journey. We are sent people. In the upper room, Jesus prayed, Father, as you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. When Jesus appeared to the disciples after his resurrection, he says, As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So we are out there kind of people. And so we need shoes of iron if we're going to make it. We need shoes that won't wear out because the road before us is long. Let me tell you how long the road is that's before us. Or instead, let's let Jesus tell us. Matthew 24, he says, This kingdom, gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world. And then the end will come. That's a long road, isn't it? The whole world. Matthew 28, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. It's a long road. Acts 1, You will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. It's a long road. Acts 13, 47, Jesus says to the apostle Paul, I've made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the Of the earth. That is a long journey, isn't it? With all kinds of terrain, we need shoes of iron and bronze. The road's also difficult. Jesus says in Mark 8 be on your guard. You'll be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. The gospel must be preached to all nations. We read from Luke 10 earlier. When Jesus sent out the 72, he said, go, I'm sending you like lambs among the wolves. But he equipped them, shoes of iron, 
Jesus also said, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. The question is, do you believe Jesus? If so, we go. And we go without fear because we wear shoes of iron and bronze. As odd as that may sound to us, slipping on a good old pair of iron shoes. You women thought heels were bad. You don't know nothing. These shoes of iron are not without biblical precedent. And it's in what I share next that I am most blessed this morning. Jesus gave the Apostle John a vision. And John recorded it, and so it's now our book of Revelation. And Jesus gave John a vision of himself. And here's what John saw, chapter 1. He saw a son of man clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in full strength. Well, that is a vision of power and strength and victory. It's repeated in Revelation 2. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. Images of power under his feet of burnished bronze. All opposition to Jesus And all opposition to the good news of the gospel will be crushed. That's good news, right? Because the gospel is good news. Through faith in Jesus Christ, men, women, children can come into a relationship with the one and only true and living God. It's amazing. You don't need me to tell you how many people in this world oppose that good news. How many people try to silence that good news? Why? Who knows? Doesn't make sense to me. Not when God's made it so easy for us and has made the way open to all who will believe, whosoever will may come, without exception. Regardless of race or gender or social status, that way to God through Christ is open for every person in this room this morning without exception. Confess your sin. Trust that Jesus is the only one who can deal with your sin problem. Believe by faith that he is the only way to God and you come into this beautiful, eternal relationship with the Lord. It's that easy. And the news is that good. 
The enemy, about whom we've already spoken this morning, is the one who opposes the gospel at every turn. He doesn't want others to have what he lost through his pride and arrogance because we know it's true that misery loves company. So if you ever think the enemy has your best in heart, at heart, think again. He wants you to be miserable as, as he is miserable, so he opposes the gospel by making us insecure, by causing us to doubt it. He puffs us up. And boy, are we ever puffed up as a culture right now, ca- causing us to believe that we are among the culturally elite. We are among the intellectually elite. If we reject the gospel, <laughs> it's so medieval. To accept any other way, every other way to God, if God is even acknowledged to exist at all. You know how it is. You live with me in this world. Well, the good news is that in the end, the opposition to Jesus and to the good news of the gospel will be silenced, crushed under feet of iron and bronze. No more perversion of God's good news of salvation by grace alone through faith alone. Is that good news? No more perversion. There will be victory. And while we wait for that day to come, God gives us victories along the way. People who will move out boldly down uncertain roads and at times unsafe roads with the good news of the gospel. When we have the gospel, we have the power of God unto salvation for all who will believe. And so our feet are secure beneath us. Whatever is underfoot, keep going. Listen to the end of Psalm 91. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the servant. Keep walking, man. Shoes of iron and bronze. God has given them to you and to me for a purpose. Romans 10. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Your feet are shod with the gospel. Ephesians 6. Stand firm, therefore, having your feet, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. God has shod our feet for rugged endurance. Our feet are shod in iron shoes of victory that will spark when they strike the rock. This is that with which God has blessed us. So where are your feet taking you? Which direction are you moving? Retreating inward or moving outward? And how bold are you when you look at the road ahead? It's our blessing from the Lord this morning to have security in our relationship with Him, to be safe in Jesus forever and ever. And it's ours to take that security and boldly move out in faith for him while we abide in him. In the face of Irma, Isis, Equifax, we go. Because we have a higher purpose than personal security. 
God tells us the truth about the strength and the security we have in him so that we can go anywhere, anytime, and change the world with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's put on our shoes of iron and bronze and go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, thank you for the opportunity to look at the truth of your word, truth that remains consistent throughout your word from beginning to end. It makes sense. It agrees, Lord, in all of its parts because the word of God has you as its author. And so thank you that throughout your word, Your message to your people is that we are secure in you. You're our rock, our fortress, our tower. Lord, we're secure in you. We're secure in Jesus. Lord, you hold us in your hand and will not let us go. Thank you for that security, Lord. Because of that, Lord, we should be different people. Truly making different decisions. Living differently. Because we don't have to to seek and work for that which you give us freely. Lord, I pray that you would cause us to be people who are on the move. Lord, bring this image to our mind. Let us see ourselves on the rugged mountains. Let us see on our own feet shoes of iron, Lord, that are the, the powerful gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us picture ourselves walking through this world with the good news of the gospel. Father, remind us that we are sent people. Help us not to believe that this is an option for us or something that only a few do. All of us, Lord, are to shod our feet with the gospel of peace and to go out into the world. Father, make us faithful to be who you've called us to be and do what you've called us to do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.